0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets. And we're finally live here. Pet Life Radio. Ask the best with Dr. Jeff. And on Instagram, you hear on this interesting Sunday morning. It was muggy. I, this is what it feels like, I guess, to be in Florida, because it's really muggy. It's moist. It was misty like all day yesterday. It was crazy. So and this morning, it's very hot and muggy, but uh, the sun was out for maybe five minutes. <laughs> it's gone again. So uh, I don't know, I'm scratching my head. Anyway, uh, I want to say hello. Good morning or good afternoon to everybody. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio and Instagram Live. Uh, a number of ways to get me. First of all, on Pet Life Radio. 877 385 8882. Once again, 877 385 8882. Or join me. You're here already. Hopefully you're watching. Just bring your pet on your, on your lap and just um, ask away. Uh, Producer Mark will hook you up and um, we can uh, share whatever questions you're having with any of our viewers. And here on Instagram Live, you know the drill, just ask away. So um, I get a lot of great questions for you from, um, ooh, nice. Hello, hola, Dr. Werbs from Melgar, Colombia. Well, buenos dias, Um, that's so cool. Anyway, uh, let's see, I wanna make sure I didn't miss anybody in case I forget to tell you, and actually my brother-in-law is here on as well. Next week, I will not be here live. We are going to be somewhere on the Rogue River in just outside of Medford, Oregon, uh, doing a river rafting trip. We talked about this. This this is like literally many months in the planning. A group of us from our beverly hills high school class 1972 we had our 50th reunion last september and uh a bunch of us decided hey we should do this trip and uh it just you know my friend tony chan put it together and he spearheaded this and it's going to be basically the clique of guys that i was you know very friendly with and a a few others i think there are nine of us or maybe ten i think one guy had to drop out for some reason but all I can tell you is it's going to be a blast. And what's so cool is we're on the river during the day. And then every time we stop, um, we it's truly camp out. We're in the wilderness. In fact, today, I got to go to someplace. I think I'm REI. I got to call my uh, Verizon, my provider, because apparently there are like these devices where they can pick up cell signals. Once I was on safari in South Africa and Tanzania, I was getting calls. And um, I was doing calls on Airbet, I was getting calls in my office. There's got to be a way. But I was told. Uh, about this um the outfitters the, the company that's running these tours that there is like we're in the wilderness they're cell service so but apparently campers have told me these devices that can pick up cell signals and um uh, there is attachment you're going to go through at least for messaging so whatever i got to go find out about it there's there's no way i could be away from my clients and my patients they'll kill me for five days four days so anyway but I can tell you one thing, I will not be here live next week. There's no way we're going to be able to do this. But um, I'll be sending pictures. Hopefully, uh, we'll be posting a lot of stuff as we get them, or at least when I get back on um, Instagram. Uh, it's going to be a blast. I have not done rafting. It's got to be 30, 35 years. And apparently, it's a really, really good white water rafting river trip. It's been around for a while. This is a, apparently those who know when I mentioned the Rogue River, they go, oh, my God, that's so cool. And um, it was like, you know, when you saw the pictures of me on the uh, Lake Arrowhead on the skis and riding ATV, I've done some stuff in 40 years. So anyway, you know, this stuff keeps you young. It's a lot of fun. So let's see. Um, Hello, Bethany. All right. I need questions. If not, I'm going to have to bore you with some other things that have been going on. And I always like to share stuff that that happens. So um, a couple of things. First of all, we had a, a very interesting case. Uh, this this week first of all we don't typically have uh <laughs> i don't know if I'm the best vet in the world but thank you anyway i could say i have more fun than maybe any vet in the world but uh, uh i don't know so anyway i do appreciate that thank you very much you know it's funny when um when i heard about this thing in angelino magazine uh last july named me the best vet in la i got a call from my older sister who's by the way uh, on on the show with us again today and she goes jeffrey do you know That you're in this magazine, they're saying you're the best vet in LA, and I go, "What magazine?" She goes, "I I haven't even I didn't even heard of the magazine." And it turns out she got a call from a friend of hers. You know, they never they never called. And the best holistic vet is a guy named Rick Pomquist, and Rick is. If I have holistic, I'm either going to call Mark Batan or Rick Pomquist. You know, who does more naturopathic holistic stuff. So Rick was was mentioned as the best holistic veterinarian, and um, so I called him. And I remember I said I said Rick hey, staff how how you doing? Good, congratulations. He goes for what? I said you didn't hear either. He had no idea. So um, I don't know. I guess it's better that way because people always think that that this is something that you pay for. I, honest to God, uh, Scouts honor, no idea, and uh, no one got paid for this at all. So anyway, dear doctor, I have grade one squamous cell carcinoma cancer. So if it's a grade one, that's pretty low. Uh, squamous cells are usually on the skin. And so the best thing, of course, is to wide margin, excision, and deep. And so I'll get the whole darn thing. It's like when we deal with mast cell tumors. Grade ones and twos, as long as you get really good margins, you will try to get a couple of centimeters, which is a little over like an inch, 2.54 centimeters per inch. So just if you get an inch around it and depth, you're going to be okay. We just, obviously we want to monitor, it, we want to watch it. Grade threes, different grade threes, I usually will follow with treatment i remember when my dog grover had a very aggressive grade three i went ahead and i i um treated him after the surgery and i put in drains i mean it was it was a very challenging surgery if you remember i did it on the day it was 15th birthday people thought i was nuts you're knocking out you're going to anesthetize a 15 year old labrador for what they don't even live to 15 what are you crazy yeah i am crazy and his bloods were perfect i said you know what he deserves a chance he might not be able to tolerate the anesthesia he might go on the table but if he didn't, we'd have to put him to sleep within days. That's how bad the tumor was. It had exploded. It was bleeding all over the place. We had no choice. It was either try it or euthanasia. Idiot Jeffrey tried it, was fairly successful. Surgery went well. He did great. Put him on this drug, a wonder drug called Palladia. I finally put him to sleep at 16 and a half. He went a year and a half. Averroes don't live to 15, let alone 16, 16 and a half. So um, I was, for, you know, hindsight, I made the right choice uh let's see Jack russell had because i know your jack russell had had um also squamous cell i think it was and then for squames chemos don't really work really well if you need to do some if you can't get it all then i would probably recommend seeing a radiation oncologist or uh, of course an oncologist but you know for things like that they usually do pretty well with radiation so that's what i would recommend so anyway i was talking about this uh, case it was an eight-year-old or nine-year-old cat now first of all indoor only not a, a, a pure breed. It was a DS domestic short hair. Um, I mean, what I'm getting at is this cat should have been spayed a long time ago. Well, it wasn't, and now it has a severe pyometra. She was quoted, and we're going to get to this in a minute because I, I really need to talk about this because it really annoys me. And that is, she was quoted at a particular specialty facility, eight thousand dollars. Let me say that again: eight thousand dollars for a basically a spay it's, it's going to be more of a challenging spay there's no doubt about it it's pyometra it's eight thousand dollars that's crazy but that stopped her from doing it Unfortunately, fortunately she got my name i don't know from who thank you so much fortunately this lady calls i take a look at this cat it's a sick cat no doubt about it but you got to do it so we went ahead did the surgery but as i'm removing the uterus as i'm palpating i want to make sure i'm getting everything feeling everything by the way that uterus was so Filled with pus, it was disgusting. Um, I think I have it on video. I, I, I don't know if it was posted yet, but if you want to get grossed out, watch the video. You know, say, you know, like the, the, those gross things about the pimple poppers on on all over the internet. Well, this is just as gross. And but I also sadly noticed we are we had a, a huge firm bladder, and there's not much you can do because it was in an area where you can't really move because the ureters come into the bladder from the kidneys at that point. So there's really nothing you can do. It was only a, a certain part of the bladder. We just got to, again, watch it. Cat, by the way, on follow-up, is doing great. They got out of there for about $2,000. Could you imagine a difference? And this is what's going on. This is kind of one of my soapbox. This is where I get to, uh, unless you guys have other questions, which I'd love to answer, I get to just kind of stand on my box, soapbox a little bit. And that is that what's happening was these corporate conglomerates, aggregators, they're not looking at the pets. They're not looking at the pet parents. They don't care about you. They really don't. What they care about is the bottom line, the money, money, money. They have investors, and all they really care about is we need to make money. So what do they do? A couple of ways to increase your revenue. Number one, of course, is to raise fees. Number two is to provide more services, necessary services. And number three, of course, increase volume. And I the belief that it's a volume game, that you want to do better, do well, get out there, and more people will use you. And it'll be a you, you'll increase your volume through increased business, I guess. Can we do more services? Yes. Should we ever do unnecessary services to help that bottom lane? Absolutely not. But there are a lot of them doing it. Then comes the increased fees. So they're increasing their fees so much that they are it's minimizing the amount of people that can actually afford to pay for care. So then what's happening is. Your pets, many pets out there, are not getting the care they need simply because they can't afford it. I had a classmate, and this kind of says it all. Uh, Chris Nelson, great guy, good doctor, in Central California, and um, it's a really a, a, it's an agricultural area. People aren't making tons of money, and he was so frustrated that having to perform what we call economic euthanasia, meaning putting animals to sleep, not because they really needed to be put to sleep, it's just they couldn't afford the care and he was so frustrated as a veterinarian in Central California, and um, he shows up one year at one of our conferences, and I see that he's practicing medicine, human medicine. His frustration, the fact that he people couldn't afford, and, and he wasn't overpriced; he was just fairly priced, and they still couldn't afford it. And with having to do economic euthanasia, what he do? He went to med school. He was able to finish in like two and a half years because he had you know, all this veterinary training. Medicine is medicine. The anatomy is anatomy. the diseases are pretty much the same. Uh, obviously, the drug differences. You get back up in your clinics, though. And he is now an internal medicine specialist on, on the human side. So he's a DVM MD. But that's what, in a way, that's what's happening now, and it's going to happen more. If these large companies that are owning hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hospitals across the country and are only concerned about their bottom line and are raising fees and offering services that are not necessary, basically padding the bills, then what's going to happen is the average person won't be able to afford pet care, and that's a crime. So I would say get second base. Another thing I noticed, and, I, and again, I'm I'm not going to mention any names here of, of of companies, though I would love to. You can always write me and I'll tell you, I'll share it with you, but I'm not going to do it on the air. And that is that at night, a lot of these quote unquote 24-hour urgent care emergency facilities, do you know the doctors that are, are working those shifts? They just graduated in May and June. Now, how much experience could they really have? And therefore, they don't. But what they do know is they don't want to make a mistake. So what do they start doing? They test for everything. I mean, full blood test for a, for a skin infection, right? Or a broken nail. I mean, really? And that's what they're doing. They're afraid to make a move without literally doing full everything that they can do at your expense. And it's really pissing me off. A lot of them even have a board-certified emergency medicine and critical care doctor right? But that doc, right? That is a board doc. This One went through training and, and residency and sat for the boards. He or she is not working the midnight to 8 a.m. shift. You can bet your do- bottom dollar on that. So it's the young doctors, the interns. They don't know what they're doing. They haven't learned enough yet. And, and I don't know if they're told to call or not, but I mean, I, one of the cases I'm working on, perfect, perfect example of a dog, sadly, sadly, a young Doberman, not Cyrus, this is Dante, another one. And and that was um, actually misdiagnosed and should have done surgery. They didn't do surgery. And um, PS, the dog uh, ended up dying. It was terrible. So I don't know, it really boggles my mind. Anyway, enough of the soapbox. I'm gonna come back. I have some really good questions about degenerative myelopathy. We'll talk about that. And uh, degenerative myelopathy. We wanna talk about DM. That's a really good question. So we will get to that in a minute. So when we come back after these short words, don't go away dm degenerative myelopathy it's very interesting and you should know about it and we will educate you when we get back take a bite out of your competition advertise your business with an ad in pet life radio podcasts and radio shows Tune in and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit petliferadio.com/slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Liferadio. PetLiferadio.com. Pet Life So uh, we're back here live on Cut Life Radio after the short break. On the break, one of our Instagram listeners came out with a, I have a 12-year-old Maltese mix diagnosed with a floating kneecap long ago. What do we need to watch for now? She still loves her walks. So we're talking about something called MPL, medial patella luxation, something very, very common in the smaller breeds, Maltese, Yorkies, Pomeranians, Poodles. It's very common. Basically, two problems causing it. Number one, is a shallow groove at the distant part of the femur called either the patellar or femoral groove. And also the insertion of the patellar tendon, which goes from the patella to the tibial crest, that tibial crest, instead of being directly below the femoral groove, is just anatomically a bit more medial. So there's a pull now to pull that kneecap medially to the inside. So with a shallow groove not there to hold it in place, we get MPL. Four grades. Number 1, it's mostly in the groove. I can pull it out with a little pressure, but as soon as I let go, pops right back in. Very common, no surgery. Number 2, grade 2. It's in the groove. I can pop it out. When I pop it out of the groove, medially, it stays out for a little bit, but after a couple of steps, back in by itself. Grade 2, at least a low grade 2, no surgery. As a grade 2 gets worse, it can stay out longer, and then you get a grade 3 where it's mostly out, but you can actually pop it back in. But when you, after you do a couple of steps, it pops out on its own, but it can still moveable. That's a grade three. That's surgery. Grade four, it's been out for so long, it actually forms what we call a false joint. You cannot reduce it. We cannot pop it back in the groove. That too is only going to lead to severe arthritis and surgery. Oh, let's talk about a 12-year-old dog who most likely has had this problem since she was a pup and or the predisposition since she's a pup. She's 12 years old. She loves her walks. She's still walking. She might even pop a leg up every now and again, deal. If there's no arthritis, if there's no pain and she's 12, leave it alone. You know, that's the difference between academic medicine and practical medicine. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, she's got an underlying problem, a very, very common problem in the breed and all these small dogs as well. But if it's not stopping her and she's loving her walks and she's running around and she's jumping on the furniture, She's good. She's good. So uh, yeah, leave her alone. Now, the next thing we got was on coming in, DM, degenerative myelopathy. So degenerative myelopathy is just that. It is a, a disease of the myelin, which is the coverage of nerves that helps speed up transmission. And when we this degenerates the transmission from brain to the motor neurons to tell you what to do, I are extremely impaired. And they can still feel things, all right, but the myelin is just slowing things down. So these dogs literally, if you watch most common dog to get this, German Shepherd dog. German shepherds are by far the most. And you have these you have these great dogs, eight, nine years old, and they are back end starts by getting weak in the hind end, slowly getting up. And then from there, when they get up, they're starting to wobble. And then from there, as it progresses, they get they can't even get up anymore. And as far as I know, there have been dozens of attempted treatments for DM. Here's the thing. It's not inflammatory. It's not a pain thing. So the normal, typical medications like gabapentin, right? Like glucosamine chondroitin, like the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, like even steroid, may not help. I mean, now there could be secondary disease along with it because it's usually in the big dogs that can have DJD, degenerative joint disease, aka osteoarthritis. So there... Combined with the DM, then you might get some benefit from the anti pain, anti inflammatory medications. But a corgi, you know, they have the long backs, they're short legged, think of, you know, a la dachshund, and it's not uncommon for them. They can get it as well. And the problem is, you know, what there's really not much you can do. Now, if the front end is still well and you have a small, manageable dog, almost like a dachshund that has to have back surgery or throws a type 1 explosive disc. And becomes completely paralyzed in the back end. What do we do? We give a wheelchair. Well, you could do the same thing with a Yorkie, and it's a, it's at least it's worth a try. Now, Denzel, who's one of my sons' two Frenchies, has also a neurologic disease, and um, it is syringomyelia And he at first did respond a little bit to some medication, and now he's just his back ends. He's the happiest dog on the planet. No, you cannot tell him he's got a problem. He is running around. Those back legs are flailing, dragging wherever they can. He can sometimes support himself a little bit. And uh, they got wheels. Uh, I don't think he likes them. He has to get used to, you know, give a dog a chance. When when you give them wheels for the first time, what the heck is this? I don't mind dragging my back feet. I'm a little guy. It's no problem. What's wheels for? So anyway, just be patient. Give it time. But that's if if your Corgi starts really getting paralyzed in the back end, that's what I'd recommend. Unfortunately, if this diagnosis is correct, then there's not much you can do. I mean, you can do diagnostics, you can do an MRI, see if there's anything in the spinal cord that could be affecting this. Is there a mass in the spinal cord? But if it is truly degenerative myelopathy, it is a degenerative condition of the myelin, nothing you can do unless you wanna... When we get to the point medically or surgically where we can actually fix the myelin using stem cells or something, that's that's when we can do some good, but until that happens, and I don't think it has. Now, since he has had arthritis since he's seven, yes, galloprant or you know, um, or uh, meloxicam, or vetprofen, carprofen, any of those non-steroidals could help if there's some pain associated with it. Gabapentin could help um, uh, if uh, if it g- gets really bad I, for arthritis. I kind of like um, like the nonsteroidal anti-inflammatories. So, what you could try also is acupuncture. All right. I, you know, again, people, you know, uh, pass off acupuncture. I got to tell you something. I have seen cases that are amazing and some dogs respond beautifully to acupuncture. And also, I do cold laser and cold laser also seems to be a, very effective in many dogs. And, a matter of fact, one of my colleagues is uh, was the first veterinarian to be inducted or become a board a, a member of the American. Board of pain management, okay, mostly to human side. And she was the first veterinarian. And um, I will tell you that I remember seeing her at a trade show, and I do surgical laser. Everybody knows that. And I was the same company, Cutting Edge, who's fantastic, by the way. I love their laser equipment. Also put out a therapy laser machine. So I I went to Robin, Robin Downing, and I entered Robin and said, Rob, you're the pain management guru what do you know about cold laser or laser cold ther- laser therapy she goes jeff i do she's on board certified in acupuncture also i've had cases that did not do great with acupuncture but did great with laser uh, and the contrary about others that did not do well with laser but do better with that so certainly it's a modality that i would think if if part of the discomfort and problem is arthritic pain then for sure i would recommend cold laser as well usually pretty inexpensive You got to go in, I usually recommend it at first, doing it uh, every like four days for maybe five, six treatments, and then going to once a week, and then once every other week, and you get them on a maintenance. But I've had a lot of good success. As far as another opinion, you know, if everything looks like it's DM, it probably is. If anything, what I would try is different treatment modalities, but you probably won't get another. And and also, when when you have something like this, whatever it is, chances are the ultimate treatment is going to be MRI. And if that shows that everything is good, there's no mass, there's no other, um, no disc material in the in the in the spinal canal. Everything is negative, negative, and the signs you have what we call CP deficits. That's contra- conscious proprioceptive deficits. What you do is you take your dog, lift him up, turn the foot like upside down like this, and see how fast he he writes it right. And if he doesn't, I got to do this in this one too. So if they don't write it, that's called the CP deficit. That's a classic sign. Also reflexes. So. There's only so much that someone, you know, one can do. So anyway, he's doing well. Everyone is amazing. But yeah, I'm, that's great. i thrilled about that. Liver surgery is always tough. Ah, super corgi. It's not DM. <laughs> Gender myelopathy, as I said, this is a chronically progressive condition that creeps up the spinal cord. So if he's 13, right, which it could happen, started at 13, but two weeks ago and then taking some gallop, and he walks normally. Then obviously that was more of an insult, a disc, some sort of a pain problem, not even arthritis probably, but it it could be, but that's a lot different. Now, if it is a Corgi and they, because of their long bodies are predisposed to this, then I would say, even though he's doing better and that's great, don't be fooled. You should still treat him as if he's got the problem for at least another two or three weeks. And by that, I mean, no running, no jumping, no stairs, pretty much cage rest keep them on the meds, but if this were a person, they would say, get in bed and don't move for two weeks. So it's either that or surgery, but there's no way it, DM is not going to start acutely and then stop after valofran. So whoever gave you that diagnosis now, now now I'm doubting because this thing does not get better just like that. In fact, it doesn't get better at all. So if it did get better, uh, hindsight tells you it wasn't that that uh, diagnosis. Don't be confused. It's not DM. I'll tell you that right now. DM doesn't start and stop and start and stop and get better with gallopran No, DM is a, it's a degenerative condition. That's like here. I give you a perfect example. A uh, dog comes up lame, big dog, comes up lame, all right, acutely, suddenly. And you take him in, doctor takes x-rays and his hips look like crap. We're talking major, major, right? Arthritis, hip dysplasia, terrible. So the doctor comes in and says, "Oh, here's your answer, hip dysplasia." if you took those same exact trays a month or two or three earlier it would have shown the same thing and yet he wasn't limping so now you got to look for okay why was he suddenly limping today now could it have been a little piece of bone broke off and got in the joint yes but i'd be looking for another reason because hip dysplasia is a chronically progressive disease and it doesn't lead to instant, right clinical signs so um likewise here in the word degenerative it's a slow, progressive disease. These dogs start a little weakless from a little more wobbling and then disuse. And this is over time. So um, yeah, I would uh definitely challenge that original diagnosis. Uh, all right. Thank you. Yeah, Corg is doing cold laser. Good. Hydrotherapy is great too. But yeah, just go easy on the here's the problem with dogs. And and this is that when let's say I'm pretty active, I play basketball, and I turn an ankle. Okay. Now I know ice. Resting it, a nonsteroidal anti-inflammatory takes a little naproxen or ibuprofen. I'm going to feel better. Am I going to start running around as soon as I start feeling better? Oh, we know it. Take, it's great that I'm feeling better, but it, the healing takes longer. Dogs are not that smart when it comes to this. As soon as they start feeling better, they think, "Oh, they're running around and chasing the frisbee and the ball and jumping on the couch from you know six miles away." No, we have to. We need to be their brain. We need to keep them very quiet beyond the point which. They start feeling better. Because we know the healing process could take several weeks. So anyway, don't let them run around too much. Passive motion is good, but no like no running exercise. Okay. Well, once again, I'm very good at running overtime, but I have so much to say. <laughs> it's pretty hard to shut me up. <laughs> so anyway, don't even try. So once again, I'll be gone next week. We'll be back the week after. Ooh, no. The week after that, I may be gone also Saturday, Sunday. I got to look at my calendar. There may be two weeks that I'm going to be gone, and um, I'll check my calendar. I'll let you guys know. Mark, you will let us know. Uh, you'll let the um, uh, followers here on Pet Life Radio whether I'm going to be gone for two weeks or not. But I think uh, it's going to be two weeks, and um, I think that's it. So, if you have any questions during the week, get a hold of me. If I'm way out and far away, I may not be able to answer you. I'm going to hopefully solve that problem today. That's my homework today is I'm going to uh, see what I know there's like a satellite phone or a satellite device that will pick up t- I don't know I'm going tell all these things I got to check it out all right and uh, other than that at Pet Life Radio if you have any questions write them to me Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com very easy to get a hold of me here at worms underscore and if you have look around look, go to my website my new product line is, is out we have a lot of great products for your pets to solve a lot of problems performance by Dr. Jeff and um, go check them out. I think you're going to like them. All right. And um, that's it. Good to go. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.